even on and y'all could hear me. Good morning. I'm loud, ain't I? Hey, hey. Everybody good? <clears throat> I want on this side. Yeah, I sleep on this side, but I'm going to preach on this side. Good morning. <laughs> I'm a short person uh, climbing on a stool, so y'all forgive me. If I fall off, somebody please pick me up. Please. I think I'll be okay. I wasn't, we weren't going to sit in it. We weren't going to sit down, and I'm going to tell you what Greg said. Greg said if he didn't sit down, okay, y'all know how, how energetic he is, that he might have a hard time letting me talk. <laughs> so. Notice how quiet I am? Yeah, he's been really quiet. You take off. Uh, I just want to say it's funny how God does stuff because. You know, I was in prayer this morning, and then as we were going through worship this morning, just um, how he takes that thread, that common thread, and ties everything together. And I know that this morning, Greg and I are going to be a, a little raw in some areas. We're going to be transparent with you guys about some things. Um, we went out of town last weekend, and we went out of town to seek the guidance and wisdom from two people that mentor us that love on us that you know you need you need ministers that you know even if you're in the ministry you need ministers that you can call on and say hey I've got something going on and I, I know what I feel like God's telling me to do but I really need some extra advice and so last weekend we uh, spent in Dallas um, with Paul and Sandy Ward they've been here before it's been a while since they've been with us um, but uh, they said, hey, Serena and yeah, Joel. they did. They said, hey, to you they guys. did. Um, Not to Paul. They, they said Paul, too. But <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> uh, but they we did. had a great time. They just didn't talk and, about you as much as they did yeah. them. <laughs> we had a great time, and I, I know that Greg wants to uh, start off sharing a little bit about no, that. No, 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 no. Go, go ahead. ahead. All right. Well, um, we didn't rehearse yeah, we this did stuff. not rehearse this. And I'll just be honest. Normally, I've got about five pages worth, worth of notes. I didn't do that this morning either. So... Yeah, that means we're going to get out early. Yeah. Now, his wife has two pages. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's got all the notes. Yeah, Paul's ready to go play some golf, so we need to go ahead and cut out as soon as possible. But anyhow, we, um, you know, like Angel said, we sought out, you know, we sought out some, some counsel because uh, we just, you know, everybody needs a friend, right? You got a friend in me, and we needed to have a friend and, you know, to help us navigate some things that we're going through in our lives. And... Um, you know, like she said, you know, just because you, you follow God and, and just because you, you pray and, and you do all the things you're to do does not mean that life does not happen. Life happens, you know. I'll never forget a message that I heard from uh, Ed Young, Jr., not senior, Jr. Uh, Ed Young, Jr., he had a message about pit happens, and I loved it. It was a great message. Pit happens, P-I-T, pit happens. I'm making sure that I say that properly because everybody's like, Greg got a bad mouth up on the pulpit. Uh, pit happens. And he was telling the story of Joseph, not my Joe, but, but uh, Joseph in the Bible. And Joseph is in the will of God. And, you know, he kind of goes through some stuff. And the stuff that he goes through, one of the things that happened was he was tossed into a pit by his brothers. And so sometimes you could feel like you're doing what you're supposed to do for God and, you know, everything's great, fine, and wonderful, and, and sometimes a, a pit will come up that you're not expecting, you know. Yeah. 
And, and that's because we live in a fallen world. We live in a world that, that sin exists in. This is not heaven. You know, we try our best to bring heaven on earth, but this is not heaven. Things are going to happen. And so God has given us tools and, and equipment to make it through these tough times and these things that we run into in life that are, that are just unexpected, you know. And it's not necessarily a, an indication of, of anything wrong, you know, it's not necessarily that. It's just simply we run into things that just happen. This is a fallen world. The air that we breathe is killing us, right? Right? Yeah. And so the, as we go through life, things are going to happen. That's just kind of the way it is. And so it was really good to get a refresher uh, from our friends. You want me to go ahead and go in or do you want to lead? Okay, uh, we get, get a re- good refresher from them. Uh, we're going to go to Romans chapter 12. I'm, a, I'm, I'm big about Roman and Romans, but 12, not 8. We're going to go to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. If we can go there, Miss Melissa, you got us there? Yeah, she is, yeah. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable. Does it say service or worship there? It says service. Sometimes it says worship, depending on the translation. Do not be conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, whereby you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, we have to remember that as we go through life and as we're doing things in life, that our bodies, our lives, what we do, what comes out of our mouth, where we put our hands is a sacrifice unto God. And that is our reasonable, it's just reasonable to serve him in that way and to worship him in that way. That what we do in life and, and, and the things that we're going, whatever it is, that that is just reasonable for us to worship and to serve him in that thing. The trick is... And this is what we're going to get into today. The trick is, is being aware that we cannot allow ourselves to be conformed to the situation in which we are going through. We can't allow ourselves to do that. Now, this word conformed, I'm going to stand up now. This word conformed means uh, a pressing, a pressure, okay? It's, it's do not be conformed to the world, which means that you are formed into something, that you are being pressured into something. If you remember, James chapter 1 says, when, when, you're, when you fall in diverse trials and tribulations, knowing that the trying of your faith will produce patience, those diverse trials and tribulations are these pressures that are pushing themselves on you to make you change into something you were not created to be. The enemy wants nothing better than to take you a born-again Born again, God-loving, Jesus-song-singing Christian and converts you into something you're not supposed to be. And the way he does it is by pressuring you in life. If he could pressure you enough, maybe, just maybe, the soap will slip out of the hands. Just maybe, just maybe, you'll get out of sight of what you've been taught to do. Just maybe, he can form you into what he wants you to be. The Bible is wanting to remind us not to be conformed to this world. Don't allow the pressures of this world to turn us into something we are not. The Bible says we are peculiar people, a chosen priesthood. We are chosen people to be different. We are different. Our mold is different. Where we come from is a completely different place. It's so different and so amazing that people are trying their best to get there. 
when they die. They want to go on to this place that we are from. We are supposed to be different. We're not supposed to be the same. And so the Bible is reminding us not to be conformed to this world, but we are to allow ourselves to be transformed. And this word transform is where we get the word metamorphosis. I'm going to be quiet in a minute. Metamorphosis, where we get, you know, you talk about a caterpillar turning into a butterfly, correct? This is not a pressure. This is not a pressure. If you remember uh, a bug's life, you'll remember the movie Bug's Life? With the little ants, and there was a there was a big fat caterpillar, and he had like a what was his name? I don't know. He was big. Come on, Travis. Travis, you don't know his name? Yeah. <laughs> and so, and this big old caterpillar, and he had like a Dutch accent or something. It was really weird, you know. And so, yeah, yeah, it's a butterfly, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so he could not wait to get his wings and to turn into the butterfly. He couldn't wait to go through this transformation. This transformation was a pleasurable thing. It was a thing of, of promotion in his life. And, and I just think it's amazing that the Bible uses the same term that we are to transform or promote ourselves into what God wants us to be. Don't be conformed to the world, to this world, but be transformed metamorphosize yourself allow yourself to turn into what God wants you to be you notice one of them conforming it feels like you're being pushed and pressured the other one is just more of a thing that you just let happen you just let God turn you in to what you've been called to be amen <laughs> that was good all right so going back to Romans chapter 12 I want to just focus for a minute on present your bodies a living sacrifice. And Greg, Greg touched on this. And if you think about your body... Now we're going to clarify what Greg said. Well, like no, that. because that's what we do. You know, Angel's a teacher. But um, our bodies, he said this, he said our mouth. You know, our mouth is the most dangerous part of our bodies. <laughs> our mouth can, can do more harm than any other part of this physical body because our mouth can either speak life into a situation or our mouth can speak what? Death. And so when we're transformed, as we're going through this transformation process, we've got to trans allow God to transform our mind in such a way so that it affects what's coming out of our mouth because it's very easy for our mouths to line up with what we see. <laughs> it's very simple for our mouths to speak the circumstance and not the promise and the truth. And so even in prayer, guys, even in prayer, if we're not careful, we can allow ourselves to get into this emotional place where we're just speaking and talking to God all about the circumstance. God, this is what it is, and this is what it is. Like, he doesn't know. <laughs> And we get in our emotions, and we're not allowing God to truly work in that situation. So I want to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. I'll give uh, Melissa a minute. There she is. I gave her the scriptures ahead of time. So it says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. So this is Paul. We've been studying Acts, and then we went to Galatians. And this is Paul writing to the church at Corinth. 
And he's ending this chapter. This is the very last line that he writes. And I think it's interesting because he says, the grace of the Lord Jesus. He says, Jesus, his grace. I'm leaving you and I'm praying that his grace is upon you. The love of God. And then he says, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. And it seems as if we forget about the Holy Spirit. And Paul is saying, you need to commune with him. And so in the Greek, the word communion, and I can't even pronounce what the word is, and it really doesn't matter. But communion means fellowship, companionship, communication, and intimacy. When we are communing with the Holy Ghost, we are allowing him to be a part of every single thing we do. We're communing with him. We are allowing fellowship with him. We are allowing him to be our companion. We are, here's the key, communicating with him. Sometimes we forget to communicate with the Holy Ghost. And this weekend, and we forget to allow the Holy Ghost to communicate for us. <laughs> and this weekend, that is what I got ministered to a lot. I'm not going to lie. Um, they reminded me of this, of the Holy Spirit's place when it comes to prayer, because we get very caught up and let's speak, let's speak the scripture over the situation. And we should, let's declare the word and we should, but we also have to remember that we have got someone on the inside of us that wants to transform us wants to change our mind so that when we speak out of our mouth, we are declaring only his truth and not our own fleshly thoughts. Is it just me? Have you ever been in the throne room before and you got so into your emotions and you were so upset about a situation that you could not even pray? <laughs> I've been there. That even with all the word that's on the inside of me, I could not put tangible words. I could not even speak that word out of my mouth because I was so completely overcome with emotions in a situation that I didn't even know how to pray. And if I had prayed in English, I probably would have prayed something that would have been detrimental. <laughs> I would have prayed something that was not going to be good for the situation. Or is that just me? Am I the only one that's ever been in emotional prayer and like been, you know, sobbing at the feet of Jesus and there's nothing wrong with that? He's our Father God. He wants us to come to him. He wants us to cry to him. He, he holds our tears in his hand. But he also wants to make sure that we are praying the good and acceptable and perfect will. The good, acceptable, and perfect will. I don't want just good. I don't want just acceptable for my family. I want the perfect will of God. Yeah, and it takes you right back. It takes us right back to Romans 12, whenever we talked about conforming and transforming. That's exactly what she's talking about and bringing out in here, that the, 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 the Spirit of God, yes, He wants us to transform ourselves into and turn into what God intends us to be. But there are times that we begin to try to conform the situation to what we think it ought to be. Yes. And, come up, and come up with the answer based on how we think the answer ought to come. 
And so what we have a tendency to do is to take our little scripture list, and I'm not being, I'm not being uh, ugly here. I'm just saying we take our little scripture list because I've been there, and we begin to pray our little scripture list because we think that this is what we are supposed to do, and this is the direction to go. And sometimes it is. Sometimes, though, it may not be. And if you are not careful, we will find ourselves trying to conform ourselves to an idea of what Christianity has placed on us as what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to talk and how we're supposed to react. Am I making sense here? Am I losing anybody? To where we begin to conform not only ourselves but our words and even our prayers into what we think it ought to be. Now whose will are we proving out? Whose will are you touching on now? Now even our prayers are beginning to wrap themselves about and around what we want to be and what we want to see happen. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a kid of the 80s. There was <laughs> uh, there's only going to be maybe five people that remember this. There was a cartoon in the 80s called Dungeons and Dragons. Does anybody remember the cartoon Dungeons and Dragons from Michael the 80s? Yes. <laughs> Amen. There you go, Michael. He does. He's got every guy. I mean, it never ended. They never ended the, the show. Like, they didn't have, like, a finale. It just stopped. It's weird. It's really weird. Like nobody and, watched it. Yeah. Michael, turn her mic off. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Anyhow, I'll never forget one of the episodes. There's, I don't want to get into the, the, the details of it, but there's this one person on each show that's called the Dungeon Master. And the Dungeon Master is the one that kind of sends the group out to go do a thing. And the Dungeon Master seems to have an awful lot of power. And one day, he put his power on another character in the show. And that character in the show decided that he was thirsty. And so he conjured up and made water just come up out the ground so he could have a drink right there. And the dungeon master stopped him and said, wait a minute, you have no idea what you just did. Because what he had done, he had brought water to where he was, but that water had to come from another place. And where that water came from dried out several farms in the area so that all that water could amass under the ground and shoot up and make it to where he could have a drink of water. And it's the same thing when we begin to shape our prayers in the way that we think they ought to be. We have no idea of what's going on. We can't see everything out there. We can't recognize everything out there. We, we, we do not have the capacity. We really don't even have the capacity to understand everything that's happening out there. Can we go to Romans chapter 8 so I can make Paul happy, please? Romans chapter 8, likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. Some, some translation says infirmities. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The Bible even says that we should know what we should pray for. We should know, but we don't. We don't 100% know what we ought to pray for. We don't know the full situation. We, you may think... You may think that you're praying for cancer to be rid of somebody's body and cancer is the problem, but the problem might be a heart issue in you. Is this making sense? We may think that we need to pray for our money to get better, right? 
We need to pray for that, that our money be right and our money be made well. And, and you know, I need so much money in my checking account and I'm going to be broke if I don't do this. Not knowing that the answer, the problem is, is that we need to be giving a particular way in a particular place, or speaking over a seed that's already been given, that that seed come back to us specifically the way that God intended for it to come back to us. Is this making sense? So we, in our capacity to pray, in our, in our ability to come to God, are super limited. Can you, am, I, am I making sense there? We are so limited. We think we know stuff. We don't. We are limited in every way possible. Yeah, no matter how long you've been walking with God, you don't know it all. <laughs> it doesn't matter how many scriptures you've got on the inside of you, you don't know them all. And like Greg said, so many times you don't know what you should be praying for. But I love in Romans chapter 8 and verse 27, if we keep going, it says, And the Father who knows all hearts... He knows your heart. He knows exactly that ugly part of your heart. And then he knows that beautiful part of your heart that he made. And the part of your heart that needs to be transformed. And the part of that heart that needs to be renewed. And needs to be molded. And needs to be shaped. And it says, and he knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony. Now I'm reading an NLT probably. In harmony with God's own will. And here it says, makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. I love that NLT says, in harmony with God's will. I want my prayers to be, again, perfect. And for them to be perfect, they have to be in harmony with the will of God. Because, again, my flesh is going to pray, my will be done <laughs> on earth as it is in heaven. Not his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And like Greg said, God sees the whole puzzle. He sees it all. And we're just looking at this one little tiny speck of dirt that's in front of us at the moment. This one little thing. And when we are praying in the spirit, when we are praying according to God's will, then again, we are praying that perfection, that perfect will. And so um, I want to go to Before Ephesians. There, yes, I want to go to Ephesians 6. I'm going to let Greg keep going. Okay, no, I was, I was, I was going to say no. Do you remember? Can we tell the story? Can we tell the JoJo story at oh, the beach? At the beach? Yeah. They've heard it. But well, not, not all of them. We're going to tell it again. Today. Go ahead. Gonna, yeah, go ahead. Let's tell the JoJo story. JoJo doesn't remember the JoJo story. He was, he too, was little. too little. He was too little. You've heard this story? Everybody remember the JoJo story? Yeah. A few Someday. people? Some do. Okay. So we went to the beach. Anybody ever been in the beach before? It was public our first beach. time to go with children. Yeah. We went to the and public beach. it's different beach. when you go with kids. Yeah. We took JoJo. <laughs> there he is in the back. What's up, Bubba? Look at him. Yeah. He had a bowl cut back then, too. <laughs> it's true. He did. So little JoJo is playing out of the beach, and Mama's playing at the beach. And if I get this wrong, you go ahead and tell everybody's playing at the beach, having a grand old time. We're, in, we're visiting our friends, Roddy and Danielle Schaefer. They had little ones. We had little ones. Everybody's just having a grand time. And was it time to go? Yes. It was time to go. It's time to leave. And so we begin to pack ourselves up and get ourselves together and, and get all the stuff that you're supposed to take. And uh, we looked up, and we had Jake, which belonged to Roddy and Danielle. We had Juju, which belonged to Roddy and Danielle. 
We had, it was Maisie Zoe, and Maisie and Zoe. We had the two girls. Yes. But we couldn't find JoJo. Now, this is not, let me picture, let me, let me back up and give you the setting. The beach is really cool, right? The sun's kind of shining, but like the tide is super, like, like the waves are like really big. Right, And it's not like a green flag day. It's one of the other colors, like not quite the red to where you don't need to go in the water, but it's the one before that you don't need to go in the water, you know, yeah, yellow, whatever it is. And so these waves are really kicking. We look up, and our son's not there. Now, Joseph at that time was about this big. He was a little guy. What was he, three or four maybe? I think he was three because though he was round one. Yeah. He was about three, was about, uh, three. about there. Yeah. That's about right. Yeah, JoJo. JoJo, come up here. No, I'm playing. <laughs> we couldn't find him. I could not find my son. Fear came on me like nobody's business that I'd never experienced in my life. I could barely breathe. I was so scared. I looked around, I looked at Roddy and Danielle, we're looking at our friends, we're trying to figure out what's going on. We, we, we were completely lost and, and in pain, hurt to lose, you can't find your child. And so the first thought was, uh, of course, is that he's out in the water. So, uh, so Angel and Danielle go out waiting in the water um, not only pleading with God, calling for Joseph, but praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, whenever we say that, we're talking about, and I don't need to get into all the differences and everything today. There is a teaching on it that we can do, but we don't have time today. There is a, a teaching on different types of tongues. And one of those types is a personal prayer language that each one of us has to where we pray beyond our understanding because we don't know what we should pray for as we ought, so the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, okay? So they begin to pray that way. Roddy Shonuff did immediately. He went after it. And, uh, I, I, you know, I kind of did a little bit, but I was scared because I couldn't find my boy. And so... Um, Anyhow, we had these people sitting next to us that worked at the park. It was a national park. Uh, they were rangers, like wildlife and fishery folks that were there, and they were off. And uh, they had them shut the park down because then the next thought is somebody stole him and took him from us. And so we didn't know what to do. We just start praying. Uh, had no idea. All I could think was that kid's out there in that water drowning, and I can't get to him. That's all I could think. I couldn't touch him. Well, I'm... This is prime example of praying God's perfect will because um, my mother lost a sister when she was young. Uh, she drowned at a lake. And I remember before I went to the beach and the kids, again, this was our first trip to the beach with children. And you guys that have small children and you've been to the beach, you understand that there is a complete difference between just going as a couple and going with small children. I mean, you know, before beach trips with small children, I looked at people that use those little leashes on their kids. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? 
I looked at them like, oh my gosh, I would never put my child on a leash. And then I'm like, where's the leash? I need the leash. I need, you know, you, you want all your kids on leashes after that. And so before I went, I remember my mother, understandably, because it's something that still kind of lingers for her, um, being very concerned about us going. And I remember her saying, please keep a close eye on the kids. Please make sure they don't, they don't get out in the water. By the, you know, all of those things that mamas do. <laughs> and so when we turn around and he's not there, of course, that first instinct, the first thing the enemy wanted me to think was he's in the water and you have now lost your son. The same way that your mother lost her sister Maisie and Zoe have just lost their brother. And that was the first thing that the enemy put into my head because I was looking at the circumstance. Because when we're looking at the circumstance, it is so easy to just vacillate and mold ourselves into that circumstance. But praise God that I was a spirit-filled woman at the time. We got filled with the Spirit. I was thinking about this morning, 1999. It was around there. And I knew that this was a situation where I couldn't speak with my words what needed to be spoken. <laughs> I didn't have the strength because my heart was pounding. My physical body wanted to throw up in that moment. Ladies, y'all know what I'm talking about when your kids are hurt? You, you get physically ill. And so... All I'm caught up in is how I'm feeling at that time. And praise God for the Holy Spirit that rose up in me and rose up in the people that we were with. And the Holy Spirit, we let Holy Spirit find Joseph. We let Holy Spirit go do what Holy Spirit needs to do. Like, that's why he's here. Serena was declaring it earlier. You know, when, when we're in the midst of chaos and, and going back to communion, we forget he's, he's there. And he's waiting to be used in the moment. And, and have y'all ever been in a situation where you were a volunteer somewhere, maybe at the food pantry, and maybe there was a whole lot of people there that day, and you didn't know what to do? <laughs> and you felt like you were useless? Have y'all ever felt that way, like you volunteered somewhere, and there's so many people, and you, you're just kind of useless, and you don't know what to do? And God told me, that's how Holy Spirit feels sometimes, that we're just allowing him to sit dormant inside of us and be useless. When he knows exactly how to pray perfectly and see Joseph, there is nothing and nowhere beyond his sight. No one, no family member, no circumstance, no job, no nothing beyond his sight. And he saw Joseph take off with his two little legs down the beach chasing some seagulls. I, that yeah, that's boy, what he did. He, he should have ran birds. track. I don't know. I mean... Chasing birds. Chasing birds. Yeah, because we're sitting there freaking out, right? <laughs> Wading in the water, praying in the Holy Ghost. You know, I finally caught up with everybody after I got over myself. <laughs> and then here comes this couple, and I can't remember how far down they had said I he had know. gone. Because this, this wasn't like just a few minutes. Yeah. Like we're getting to the 10-minute mark. The twelve-minute mark they were that ready my child released helicopters. Yeah, they were they were gonna put the helicopter because we still had that couple that worked for the wildlife and fisheries in the area, of the national park. They were gonna go ahead and send out the helicopters to start looking for a body. Yeah, is what they were gonna start doing. That's how long this had been. It wasn't a short period of time. It's really it's it's I mean twelve minutes. I I got twelve minutes left. 
you know? So it's a minute. Yeah, I do. I check. Yes, I'm right. <laughs> and so it was a long time. And this couple comes walking up. This, this, they, were, they, were, they weren't elderly, but they were older. They were probably. They were our age now, probably. Paul's, Paul, Paul's age. They were probably Paul's age. Paul's, Paul Gray's no, age. They were about our age. They now. had to have been really old. <laughs> and they come up and they got poor Joe and he's like me. <laughs> you know, you know, and, and everything was okay. Mama, I saw we. I saw we, Mama. And your instinct is to beat his butt. Yeah. But we didn't. We didn't beat you that day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, the, you know, he, he comes up and, and like Angel said, you know, you kind of have this, this sense of euphoria and, and everything's okay. And we didn't realize at the time what the Holy Ghost is, was teaching us. You know, he was teaching us how to pray. We don't know how we should pray as we ought, but he was teaching us how to do it. Go ahead. And so perfectly that the couple sit, like Greg said, the couple sitting next to us, next to us on the beach, worked for the park we were in. The couple that found Joseph down the beach had enough wherewithal and Holy Ghost. They heard the voice of God. They heard the voice of God. And they brought our son back to us. It was like, you know, God sees before things happen. Y'all do know that, right? (laughs) Like he knows it's going to happen. That's why he wants us to be equipped before it happens. That's why he wants us to be prepared before it happens. And so as we were praying, all of the pieces of God's master plan started to move. Started to move. And do exactly what needed to be done in that moment to make sure Joseph got right back to where he's supposed to be. That's right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's okay. (laughs) Didn't bother me. You know, and so it brings us back to me. It brings us back to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Don't be conformed to this world. You know, if you're not being transformed into what God wants you to be, you're automatically by default conforming to the world. You're going to react the way that the world will expect and how you think the world expects and how you believe that you should react to a particular situation. Just by default, you're going to allow yourself to give in to the pressure that's coming upon you. And don't be conformed to this thing. We have to realize that God has given us tools and equipment that seem to be foolish to the world. We all know the scripture. He's going to take the foolish things to confound the wise. Right? And so he has given us tools that seem to be foolish. Even so much so, I'm not going to stand up. Even so much so, so foolish that people have began to say and to teach that the Holy Spirit is of the devil. That the Holy Spirit. Not for today. Not for today. And tongues aren't this and tongues aren't that. In fact, some of your new translations are beginning to come into the, 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 the household of God and the kingdom of God and present themselves as the Bible and as scriptures and denounce and put down that the, that the tongues are really real for today. I've heard people say that the gift of tongues, whenever you talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that the gift of tongues is simply there. Those are people that understand languages really good. I've heard that. 
That the gift, that, that tongues are for people, that, oh, that's, that's not that thing. That, that, what you're doing is foolish. That's, that's silly. What it really means is it's there for people that are really smart and understand languages and can learn many languages at once. And there are people that are like that. I mean, I went to school with a guy, like, he entered the military. I mean, he, he, could, he could just learn a new language like that, you know. He just, he just had that talent. But that's not what it's talking about. What, what's happening is, is the world is wanting us to despiritualize what's going on in our lives. They want us to see it as a physical thing. They want us to see it as something that we have to touch in this temporal plane, that we have to deal with in this temporal plane, that we have to look at in this temporal plane, that we have to take our time and stop everything and look at just that and make this the biggest deal that's ever, been, that's ever happened before whenever God is wanting us to say, no, don't conform yourself to that, folks. My good, acceptable, and perfect will is found when you begin to transform yourself and allow your mind to be renewed on what God really is doing, what God really has done, how He really works and operates. This world would love for the church to shut down with any kind of spiritual anything. It almost happened. We call it in our history the Dark Ages is what we call it. It almost happened. To where the regular, everyday person was not allowed to read the Bible. The only folks that could read the, read the Bible were people at the church and people of royalty. Those were the only ones. And they began to, to tell folks, well, this is what it says. And we call those ages the dark ages. Why? Because the word of God was not being pronounced as it should be. Thank God we live in a time frame now to where there is freedom. There is liberty for us to be able to crack open the Bible and take a look at it. Do not allow people, including myself, to tell you what the Bible says. Don't let that ever happen. That, that's that's a, it's such a disservice to yourself. And, that, and that's one thing that I've done. I mean, the folks that are close to me, they know I won't just listen to any old thing by any old body. No. <laughs> I mean, stubborn. I mean, I've, I've sat, I've sat back and... I've sat back and listened to some of the best preachers around and gone, no, I don't think that's right. Because when I read the Word of God, I've asked for God to reveal that Word to me to give me clear understanding. You know, to, to give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him that the eyes of my understanding being enlightened, that I'll be able to know the hope of His calling, that I will understand what's being taught. That I'll get it. And there's nothing wrong with us saying, wait a minute, I don't know that I agree with that 100%. And then going out and proving it out yourself in this thing right here. And I mean, I know I'm old school, but this thing right here, there's something about this thing right here. And holding it in your hand and opening it up and reading the words on the page and letting God speak to you directly. There's just something about it. You got, you got anything? Let's go to Ephesians 6. I had Michael oh, yeah, or Ephesians Melissa pull that up I knew a minute you had ago. Something. I just didn't know what it was. So we're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about communion with the Holy Spirit. We're talking about allowing the Holy Spirit to transform our mind and in turn our mouth and to transform our prayer life. Because in Thessalonians it says, pray without ceasing. Well, guys, I can't pray in English without ceasing. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. I run out of words to say. My vocabulary is limited. 
And so in Ephesians chapter 6, it tells us how to do this in verse 18. It says, praying always with all prayer. Everybody say all prayer. All prayer. All prayer. Not just one kind of prayer. All prayer. Not just prayer and the understanding. That's right, which we're going to get there in a minute. Well, you better hurry. I am. And supplication. <laughs> and notice it says, in the Spirit, capital S, in the Spirit. So who is it referring to? The Holy Spirit. Allowing the Holy Spirit to pray is what this is saying. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Let's keep going in verse 19. And for me, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth. How? Boldly. Boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Keep going. For which I am an ambassador in chains that in I may speak. How? Boldly. Okay, ladies. Y'all know my testimony, most of you, that I never could do this. Like, for a long time, I struggled to hold a microphone, to get up in front of people. I was perfectly content and happy with Greg being the one that preached all the time and spoke. I was so happy just to stand in the back of him and support my husband. Good job and encourage him and serve the church and never, ever, ever have to do this. (laughs) And then I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And I've said this before in prayer, and I've said this to some of you in this room, and I saw this scripture, and he told me, Angel, boldness is not a personality, because I thought for a long time that I had to be a bold personality, like, like Pastor Sandra. She's a bold personality. Or like Greg, he's a bold personality. I mean, we would define them as a bold personality, right? They're, that's not a personality, Why would anyone want to pray for boldness if it's a personality? So what you're saying is, God, you made me, but I need you to change my personality. (laughs) Doesn't he, didn't he make your personality exactly the way he saw fit, the way that it needs to be? So basically all he wants to do is he wants to take our personalities that we already have, how he's already made us, and he wants to place boldness into us into our personality. So if you're a little bit introverted, guess what? You can still be bold. You can be bold in him. You can be bold in his word. You can be bold in what you speak, declaring his word. But we can only do that. That boldness does not come unless we are willing to submit our bodies as a living sacrifice, and that includes our mouth and our mind, and we submit ourselves And we pray. It says, with what kind of prayer? All All prayer. All prayer. So 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 14. Let's go there real quick. Greg just mentioned this. This is the last one. It says, chapter 14, verse 16. Yeah. What is the conclusion then? Oh, you want to go to 14. Go to to verse 14. Back it up. Back it up. Back it up. They're so good. Because we gave them a whole lot of stuff today. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Now, a lot of you guys, if you came out of denominational background, which Greg and I both did, you had this preached to you. You had this taught to you. And it was always given in a negative connotation. Okay? So if we keep going, verse 15, what is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit. And I will also pray with understanding. I will sing with the Spirit. And I will also sing with understanding. So he's saying, it's okay for you. There must be a difference, right? 
I mean, if he takes his time to say, okay, pray with your understanding, that would be my vocabulary, the things I know what to pray. But he also says, pray in the spirit. Those are things I don't know what to pray for, but the spirit of God does. That good, acceptable, perfect will of God. Now, I want to go to verse 18 real quick, if you skip forward, Michael. Verse 18. So, you know, in this chapter, there's a lot of ministers in denominational churches that they say, oh, you shouldn't be speaking in tongues in church, okay? And there should be an interpreter if you do. And this is true. And we are not talking about that today. What we are talking, not that tongue. We are talking about your personal prayer language. And I want you to notice something in verse 18. It says, I thank God, and this is Paul, Paul, the Apostle Paul, that wrote the majority of the New Testament. Well, this Paul does too, but Apostle Paul. It says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. So Paul says, hey, I'm a tongue talker. But in a church, verse 19, but in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others. So what he's saying, look, in church, yeah, you may not hear me speaking in tongues as much in church as a public tongue. But apparently for him to say that, he's saying, but I talk all the time in tongues outside of church. Outside of church, I'm praying in tongues constantly. Well, why is Paul praying in tongues? I had to be reminded of that this weekend because I'll be honest. We come into this service. We all get under this corporate anointing. We all get into this place of worship. We all get into this place where we are just crying out to God. And it's easy for me to pray in, in here. It's easy because that corporate anointing hits you. But how easy is it when you step outside of this door and the circumstances that were facing you before you walked in, guess what? They're still there. <laughs> They're still out there. And so how easy is it for us to pray once we go outside of these walls? And we've got to continually, that's why it says, pray without ceasing. The only way I know how to pray without ceasing, that I never run out of words, is to pray in tongues, is to pray in his spirit. And when we got filled with the Holy Ghost, I, you know, Greg mentioned peculiar, and I know we're out of time. I was determined that I was not going to be weird. <laughs> Have you ever met somebody that, that speaks in tongues that's weird? Okay, almost, yeah, almost everybody I had ever met, and I don't have time to tell this story, but I had a really weird experience as a child where someone tried to get me filled with the Holy Spirit, and I was, I was a little Baptist girl, and I was like, what in the world are they doing? And it was not good, okay? And it pushed me away from anything dealing with the Holy Ghost for a very long time. And it's a so, good story. Though. It's a great story, but I'm not going to tell it because we're out of time. But, you know, I'm just... I was determined not to be weird. And I thought everybody that spoke in tongues, they were weird because of that. Well, God has called us to be peculiar, but peculiar does not mean weird. In fact, I'm going to read this because Greg mentioned it earlier. This is the definition of peculiar. Are y'all ready? It says something exempt from ordinary jurisdiction. A church or parish exempt from the jurisdiction of the ordinary in whose territory it lies. I am not of this world. Non-conforming. That's right. And so peculiar does not mean that you are to be weird. I can't run up to somebody and say, hey, I can speak in tongues. Can you? You want to hear me? But there are people that do that, y'all. There are people that do that. And what, does that, what effect does that have? And so I was determined not to be weird, okay? Just determined. I'm not going to be a weird tongue talker. I'm going to be a tongue talker, and I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost, 
And my heart is today that as we share this with y'all, that we remind you the importance of you utilizing the gift that is only inside of you, the importance of allowing Holy Spirit to pray for you. I get tired. <laughs> I teach, I own a business, and we do this, and I'm a mom, and I'm a wife, and I get tired, y'all. Is it just me? I physically get exhausted. And then I sometimes, I don't have the strength physically to even sit down and, and think about how to pray with my understanding. And I know the Word of God. And so what a relief it is to us as spirit-filled believers to know that in my weakness, guess what he says, in my weakness, he's what? Strong. <laughs> he knew we were going to get weak. He walked amongst us. Jesus walked. He knows what it's like to live in this physical body. He knows what it feels like to go day in and day out and to deal with circumstances of life. He knows what it's like. And so that's why he said, I'm going to leave you a helper. I'm going to leave you a comforter. I'm going to leave you somebody that's going to equip you to manage with when Jojo runs off chasing the birds. I'm going to equip you and prepare you for this because I know you, you get tired. But the Holy Ghost, y'all, <laughs> he never gets tired. Never, ever, ever gets tired. Praise God that I can depend on him to never get tired. And so when we pray in tongues, we're praying that good, acceptable, perfect will. And I know that my prayer is effective. And what does it say? The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman, what does it do? It avails much. Which means make tremendous power available. Yes. You know, it's mine. So we're going to finish up. Um, there's, 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 there's a lot of confusion is not the right word. There's a lot of unsaid things whenever it comes to this subject. Being filled with the Spirit, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Wait a minute, I thought it was supposed to be in the church. Wait a minute, you're saying this. and this. There's a lot there. There's an awful lot there. There are some good books to get. Uh, one of them is uh, by John Bevere. It's called The Holy Spirit. Um, it's a good book. Um, a good thing to do is just read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14. It talks about this specifically. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot that's, that's there. Um, of course, we're always open to questions, but most of the time people are not comfortable asking questions because they really don't know what to ask. You know, they really don't know, don't understand. But, but this, this message and, and, and to be an experience, what we're talking about experience, is just like everything else with God. It, it takes some understanding, yeah. But at the end of the day, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. At some point, you have to just trust. Yes. It's just like with our salvation. None of us, most of us, I would, I would venture to say 99.99% of us, have never seen Jesus in the flesh. However, we accepted what he did without even seeing him, simply on the word. And we said, you know what? I'm going to believe that thing. And I'm going to live my life as if that thing is real. And that's what we call faith. 
And it's the same thing whenever we're talking about being filled with the Spirit. There's nothing you will ever do for God that does not include faith. Being, helping to fix an air conditioning in the church, or having to make a meal for somebody that's sick, being asked to pray for someone that's in a hard spot, or just simply smiling at somebody at Brookshire's when you're having a very bad day. All of that, everything that we do in this kingdom, everything we do for His glory and His honor requires faith, including this. So even with all the explaining that we can do, with all the, I can give you scripture after scripture and example after example, even with all that, it's still a simple transaction between you and your God where you expose yourself in such a way and release yourself and surrender yourself in such a way that you turn yourself over to Him and allow Him to begin to pray through you and for you. It's such a beautiful place to be. It's a relaxing place to be, and it's a peaceful place to be. And now, whenever the things of life come at us, we're not as caught off guard, or we're not as our reaction is not as, as a knee-jerk as it tends to be. And we find ourselves transforming into what God wants us to be and what he's made us to be as opposed to conforming to what this world is trying to produce out of us. Y'all all stand with us. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that just like everything else, it requires faith to, to not only be saved, but also to walk the life that you have for us to walk. So, Lord, I ask you for those of us that are not filled with the Spirit, that you reveal to us and show us, begin to, to show us, those that are hungry for it, that, that God will begin to show you instances in His Word, instances in life, and put people around you that can help you answer questions. For those of us that are our field, Father, I thank you that this is a great reminder of how powerful you are and how much you truly know and how helpful you really can and are and can be and are in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that we can actually 100% give all of our cares over to you, casting everything on you and allow you to pray Pray things for us, out of us, in us, and through us. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for the reminder that we have here today. We ask you, Lord, for your protection over us as we travel and the things that we do. And, Father, we're just, we're just thankful for not only you, but for, for what you've done and who you are. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. If you have questions on the Holy Spirit and you 